Good morning, everyone. <laughs> some of you may know me, some may not. My name's Eric, and I'm an elder here at Truth and Grace. And I am just so thankful to be able to share God's word with you this morning. As, uh, as we've been working through Ephesians, we, we had Jeremy and Josh, and Jeremy and Josh, going Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 here in the past three weeks. And really, as we work through Ephesians, we're kind of at a pivotal point. We're, we're in a transition right now, and we are going from all the things God has done for you to what your, your life should be like because of those things. In Ephesians 1, uh, we talked about the sovereignty of God. Ephesians 2, grace, for it is by grace through faith that you have salvation. In Ephesians 3, this was last week, uh, we had the reconciliation, the, the mystery of the gospel. We had Jews and Gentiles together. And so we're, we're transitioning now to Ephesians 4. And when, when I started the week, it's Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. When I started the week, on Monday, I said, okay, I want to I wanna try to do a dry run, and let's just see what God is telling me through these verses. And so I just started going. I was by myself. I just I set the timer and started going. 55 minutes. Okay? <laughs> 55 minutes. Now, I didn't see many of you bring lunch with you, um, and that's okay, because as I work through the week... God helped to reveal to me some areas that I really want to focus on. And then there's some areas that we're going, we're going to go through pretty fast. So at times we're going to be moving at light speed through some verses, but then we're going to put it down to first gear and we're going to really drill in uh, on some of the, the Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. So before we get diving in, let's, let's pray, please. Dear Heavenly Father, I give thanks for each person that's here today, each person that's listening online. We give thanks that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Just give thanks that we can meet together as truth and grace, as the body of Christ. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be most pleasing to you, oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's go, let me see if I'm working here. All right, maybe not. So Eric, we're going to depend on you. Now I know what it's like to be on the other side of it. <laughs> Uh, so Ephesians 4.1, and we're going to jump right in, and we're going to go deep right away. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So before we can unpack this, number one, I understand I'm supposed to be walking worthy, but it's worthy of what? It's worthy of the calling to which you've been called. There's two groups of people here today. See, see, God's calling all of us. He's calling all of us. 
And some people, some people here today, they came because they got guilted into it. I need to go to church. My spouse is going to church. It's easier to just go than it is to fight it. Maybe they're at the end of the rope. Maybe they've had enough, and it's time to, gosh, maybe if I try this church thing, maybe it'll help me through all the problems that I'm going through. So we're all getting the call. Some of us have gone through life just declining the call. Some of us have our phones on do not disturb. We're too busy for life. Life's going right now. God, I'll get to you later. So if you're here today and you're in that group of people who haven't yet accepted the call, the call is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, accept a change by God in your heart, I've got some exciting news because today can be that day that you take that first step. And we'll have a chance later on uh, that you can do that. But this message that I'm going to share today is what Paul's writing to the Christian church. He's writing this to fellow Christians about how we should behave in the church, how we should behave with one another. And so if you're in the group that hasn't accepted the call, just Just watch and see what it is that through the power of the Spirit we are enabled to do as Christians. If you're on the other side and you've accepted the call, maybe it was when you were little, maybe it was years ago, maybe it was yesterday, and you've accepted that call, I challenge you to just look through as we walk through this, are you walking worthy of that call? Are you reflecting the things that God has done for you? So, I've got a saying that I want you to to kind of keep going in your head as we go through this today. And the first is, it's a change in your heart by God will bring a change in your life for God. See the perspective? It's not anything you can do. Salvation is not earned by anything you could do. There is no one in this room that can earn salvation on their own. It just doesn't happen. We're sinful beings. But if you've allowed God into your heart to change it, then you should have a life that reflects that. So we'll go on to 4, 2, and 3. And Paul's going to outline some things for us here. These are pretty straightforward for us as to things that we should be reflecting. We should be walking worthy of these things. It is with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's unpack these a little bit. Humility, I think it's no mistake that Paul has this listed first. Especially being in the United States, I think this is one of the things that we struggle with. We've got a society that tells us, me first. It's all about me. We get trophies for everything we do. Not a very humble way to approach things. And so this is not easy, and some can take it on. They may have declined, not accepted 
Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they may be able to fake humility for a while. But you can't do it long term without the Spirit, without letting God change your heart. Humility is viewing yourself as God sees you. That means no matter where you are, whatever you're doing, yeah, God's seeing you. And what does he see you as? Somebody who needs a savior. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And so we should be tracing our lives after that and humble ourselves. Jesus humbled himself. Second item on our list is gentleness. Some of the macho men may be thinking, I don't know about gentle. may mean that I'm kind of soft. And that's actually quite the opposite. To be gentle is to have control. Control of the situation with a calming presence. And so it's actually an incredible gift to be gentle. When you go back, uh, we have, we've been meeting as men's Bible study for some time on and off in different fashions. It wasn't very long ago, well, I guess it was a little while because it was at Common Grounds, and Common Grounds isn't there anymore. Uh, but we were at Common Grounds, and we were discussing what would you want it to be if you walked into a room of people, what would they take from you? What, what trait would they look at and say you brought to the room? And for me... I want to bring into the room peace, calmness that matches with the gentle. And so we should be approaching our brothers and sisters in Christ humbly and gentle. And the third one is patience. And boy, this is, this is kind of a joke for a lot of Christians. You know, oh, don't pray for patience. God will give it to you. But we are to be a patient people. God's, God's people wandered for 40 years. Our timetable may not be God's. In Isaiah it says our thoughts and, and our ways are not his. We need to be respectful of that. And we need to be respectful of one another. You know that feeling when you get in the grocery line, you've tried to scope out which line's the shortest, and you think you've got it figured out, and you're in that line, and then they just keep talking, and you're like, I got places to go. <laughs> well, we need to be patient. We need to be patient. And then the last one that's listed out here specifically is bearing with one another in love. Now, earlier in the week, I was hanging out in the King James Version, and it's forbearance. And Marcy said, what, what's forbearance? And so, <laughs> to put it as simply as possible, it's putting up with others. Who here has to put up with others? Come on! Who's putting up with others? Right? We're called to put up with each other. We're all different. We're all sinful. And I'm not saying let people walk all over you. That's not what that is. It's just putting up with one another in love. And so where, where is it being drawn from? Another one of those that you might be able to do for a short time period, but if it's not because of a change in your heart by God, 
you're not going to be able to keep it going very long. Because with the Spirit is the only way you can tackle those. It's interesting that um, as we look through our membership covenant, those who have gone through membership, it's interesting that Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 is specifically listed on here. And there's a reason. Paul's calling us to live with one another in peace. How can we grow the church if we're fighting? I'm a firm believer the splits and the things that we've seen happen in church, go back to a new member class. Overwhelmingly, when we have new member class, we talk and we say, well, how'd you end up at Truth and Grace? Well, it's because of fracture, relationships, things that have happened in another church. That's overwhelmingly a response. And if in those other places that we've been, that there was fraction, discord, hurt feelings, I believe if they would have followed these four things, whoever it is, we wouldn't be in those kind of issues. And that's why it's listed out for us. And that's why it's in our covenant, because our responsibility is to grow the church, to share the gospel with others. And it's going to be really hard to do if we're pointing fingers at each other. And pick up on Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. And we're going to talk about some things here that are common as us being a body of Christians. And when I say a body of Christians, the body of Christ, we, we are not truth and grace fellowship. This is Christians everywhere who've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So there's, there's plenty of other churches here in Mattoon, in Coles County, that we have fellow believers at. There's plenty more in the United States. There's plenty more in the world. And so that's what I'm talking about. As we list these ones, the one things that we have to have in common, this is to maintain the unity we have to have. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. It's a lot of ones. But we need to share that. And that's a whole separate sermon series. Uh, so I'm not going to dive deep into that. This is one of those light speed jumps that we're taking. Um, but realize, as Christians, we need to share those ones. We cannot share the unity of Christ with someone who believes there's more than one God. We can't. It's listed out for us, the ones. And as I work through these things, keep in mind, if you feel that you're challenged by, I'm not able to... Uh, walk in the manner worthy of the calling it's pretty simple jump back into Ephesians 1, 2 and 3 1, 2 and 3 set the tone for everything Jesus or God has done for you everything that's there so if you're challenged by having your life reflect that I just tell you go back just keep reading Ephesians 1, 2 and 3 over and over because that's where the transformation comes. That's when God has a change in your heart so that your life can reflect that. Ephesians 4, 7. 
But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Just a, a, a quick point on this is we were given gifts. Now, when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes down and gives gifts. We're, we're going through uh, a a leadership Bible study, a number of you are, and we're talking about gifts of the Spirit, and I'm a firm believer in the gifts of the Spirit, are alive and well today, and it says here, to each, or given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. That means that just because you have a gift that someone else has, that it's not an equal portion. Some people could have the gift of evangelism way up here, and they want to talk to thousands of people. You may have the gift of evangelism that's down here, and you're meant to talk to a couple people. Realize, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, and the Holy Spirit is dwelling within you, you have a gift. If you don't know what it is, I'd suggest you pray about it. That's a great starting point. But work through and help identify what that is because we're to be serving with that gift. Pick up Ephesians 4, 8. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. That's those spiritual gifts. And saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. We'll go on to the next verse. That's one of our light speed jumps. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, teachers. Some versions are going to say pastors instead of shepherds. And he gave these things to the church. And while we've got all five listed, the apostles and the prophets, I would say, looked much different in the early church. So I'm going to kind of skip over those, but I do acknowledge them. I'm going to spend our time on the three toward the end. And so evangelists are given people into the church that have the gift of evangelism. Those are people, when they wake up in the morning, they can't wait to find somebody who doesn't know Jesus. That is their drive. Who can I find that doesn't yet know Jesus? Who can I tell the salvation story to? Second one, shepherds. I like that term actually better, and I'm in ESV, just in case anybody want to know what version I'm in. But uh, shepherds, and like I said, some say pastors. We've got Jeremy and Josh as our pastors. And like the term shepherds, they're watching out over the flock. They're looking for those who may drift away to help guide them back. They're looking for those who are hurting and ill to help restore them. 
And the last one we have is the teachers. And we got a lot of teachers here. Gosh, look at our small group structures. We have a lot of people gifted in teaching. And that may be teaching specific word of God. That may be teaching through relationships of how, how God works within those. But we have a lot of teachers, and we're blessed that way here at Truth and Grace. These five offices were given to the church. And they were given to the church. The next slide. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. I'm in ESV. Who are the saints? God's people? Yeah, NLT or NIV will give that to you. His people are God's people. Who are his people? You are. So why do we have pastors, teachers, Evangelists, what are they supposed to do? Equip you. It's no mistake that in our bylaws, I know we all read these, right? <laughs> Part of our vision, and we've talked about our vision here, I, even last week I think we talked about the vision somewhat, but uh, one of the points of the vision is we will equip the saints for the work of this ministry and to build up the body of Christ. And so we exist on our mission statement. Anybody remember? First one. Invite. Good. Second one. Encourage. Equip. We do have some equipping. So it falls on the leadership of the church to make sure that you're equipped and you're the one who carries the message. You're the one who is called to carry out the mission. I was thinking earlier this week, and, and Jeremy, this is his full-time job. Josh has a career and is a pastor. So I was kind of thinking more on Jeremy's line when I thought about this. Who does Jeremy hang out with the most? And I don't mean Colton, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> who does Jeremy, as we look at a week, who is Jeremy hanging out with? Who is he seeing? God's the good answer, I like that, that's great. People-wise, his wife, good. And she's a member here at Truth and Grace. And she is saved. He's hanging out with people here within the church. He's helping to shepherd. So he has the flock and he's helping to guide them. Can we expect Jeremy to actively be going out and finding non-Christians? That's part of his duties. But a bigger part is to help shepherd and equip you you who's going out into the real world, you who's going out and working side by side with people who may not know Christ, you who has family members that may not know Christ. This is on your shoulders. Jeremy and Josh's job to equip you. 
It's on your shoulders. And I'm not saying you have to be some expert. You don't have to be a theological expert and be able to break everything down. Your job is to share the love of Christ. Let your walk be worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Anybody know what Thursday night is? I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. What? Opening eye of, of what? NFL! Right? I'm super excited about that. Um, maybe not everyone shares the passion that I have for it. Excellent. I love it. Okay, it's the kickoff of the NFL season. Now, who was here today in that hallway right there? Doing the pregame tailgate with me today. Hanging out, drinking coffee, and having donuts. And then the time starts going, and you know what? We gotta get to our seats. We gotta get there. We gotta get in the stadium so that we can sit down and we can watch the show. And then maybe when we're done, we'll high five each other as we go out that door, and then it's out to the real world. And we are just are thankful we had the chance to kind of recharge and, and experience some joy, some excitement. And out we go. Till next week. And there's another game. Come back, tailgate, high five, on we go. Okay? That's actually the exact opposite of what this is. See, what we've got here, where you are, you're in God's locker room right now. You're in the locker room. This is the pregame. We're, we're discussing and learning how do we go out those doors and bring the message. How do we score for Christ? Who's the head coach? God. We got position coaches. We've got evangelists, we've got shepherds, we've got leaders. Those are our position coaches. They come together. Do you meet as a whole group? No, we, we drill it down. We meet as small groups, and we ingrain ourselves in the Word, and we equip ourselves. You know what? In a couple weeks, we're going to be in Ephesians 6, and guess what? We're going to learn what that equipment looks like. It's going to be great. The church is set up this way by God. We don't need to complicate it. Let's get together. Let's meet in the locker room. After we get our instructions of how to run the plays, how to behave as Christians, how to walk worthy, how once God has made a change in your heart, it will bring a change in your life for God. Continue on in 13. Until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning. The craftiness in, de in deceitful schemes 
Rather, speaking of truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. It's pretty, pretty clear to us here how important it is to be mature. And how do you get mature? Go back to the word. You go back to the coaching. You work on your skills. You build that relationship with Christ. And if you don't, your spiritual life will go back and forth like the waves. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, and when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. See, it's important for us as the church, it's important for us to grow. And the way that we grow as a body is we collectively all come together. And the beautiful scenario here is we've got people that God has given all different gifts to. We're not alike, but we are crucial to the body of Christ. He has called you to that position. I think of the gifts and, and how we have such different gifts. We really do. I think of an evangelist, the gift of evangelism. Josh comes to mind when I think of the gift of evangelism. The ability to so clearly articulate exactly what it is to have a relationship and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know what? Not all of you have that gift. And I'm not saying that you're off the hook. You don't have to share that with somebody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's not in your gift wheelhouse. May not be. You may possess another gift. I think about some of the people I hear pray, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like hearing a poem written. And I fumble my way through. But you know what? God doesn't care. He just wants to hear our heart. We all have different gifts. Most of us, most of us truthfully in life are watering or planting seeds. Most of us. I'm not trying to excuse you from any other things, but most of it is you're going through life. You need to reflect Jesus. You need to show other people that your heart has been changed by God so that your life reflects that. And as you do that, you'll be watering. You'll be planting seeds. You may never see the harvest, but that's okay. Keep doing it. There's harvesters out there. They'll get them. Worship team, come on up. More than anything today, I want you to take from this. A change in your heart by God will bring a change in your life for God. If you're in the group of people who haven't answered the call yet, the cross is right back there. I would challenge you, get up, take that step.
go back there. Somebody will help walk through this with you so that you can establish a relationship with Christ. You can accept him as your Lord and Savior. Today could be the beginning of an amazing change. Not only you building that relationship and having salvation, but also being able to work through all these things that you have to have the Spirit dwelling within you to be able to do. If you're in the group, you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Are you walking worthy of the calling to which you've been called? you need to change something you've got the opportunity you can come up here if you go to this side and pray pray to God work through those whatever issues you have in your life work through them share them with your Lord and Savior or your Father he wants to hear from you if you want somebody to pray with you as you're working through whatever struggles, as you want to have a worthy walk, come to this side. We'll have somebody pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, I just give thanks. Thanks that you sent your son to die on the cross for each one of us. Help give us the strength to walk worthy. We know it comes from your spirit. So let us, let's just turn it over to you. Let's open our hearts, open our minds to build that relationship with you. God, we just give thanks. Thanks for you. In Jesus' name, amen.